We made it. We're here. We're we back. made it. We're here. I'm Sunny D. And I'm Captain J. And, and we're, we're the, the Pot Smoking Mobs. Hey, if you like our show, please rate, review, subscribe, share. You know, be friends with us. Hit us up on all social medias. Potspokemoms.com is the domain we own. Go check it out. As always, we always like to start our show with a little smoke sesh. So if you got it, please join us in a little smoke sesh. I got me some RS11 from Cookies. Oh, nice. I, well, look, okay, this is the thing. I smoked the animal face during our pre sesh. <laughs> <laughs> And now I'm also going to be smoking the RS11, RS11 from so cookies. that we can really give it a good opinion later. <laughs> All right. Cheers. cheers. I was already pretty baked from our pre-sesh and our pre-pre-sesh. That's pretty great. That's really good. Good, right? Um, we can we can guarantee you we are recording now because we made it a point to remember that this time and not get too baked. I mean, we might have still gotten too baked, but we're good. Yeah, it's okay. You know, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll make it. So we've been on a break. We were on a holiday break. Holiday break. We had Christmas and New Year's and all these things happened since we've been out. Um, yeah, so I, I had a really good holiday. It was nice to see the Dolphins beat the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, yeah, that was a I treat was with my dad, who's a huge Cowboys fan. That was a real holiday treat. I feel like that's the norm for Thanksgiving is like the Cowboy fans and the, and the Dolphin fans usually like. <laughs> uh, it was the same in my family back in the day. My dad and my brother were huge Cowboys fans. I wasn't really a fan of football. But then, you know, I married, uh, my husband, he's a big Dolphin fan. So now I'm a dolphin fan. Now Bye. you're a dolphin fan. Yeah. Dolphin. Are you scaring us with that What's sexy music on? again? In the sexy music again. No. Right. Would that <laughs> keep people more in, in, in tune with our, is if we have the sexy music in the background? <laughs> sexy music, spa music. I don't know. What do you consider? This is lo-fi. I, I have been getting into the lo-fi myself. Yeah. Lo-fi is good. Like when you're working. Yeah, I, that's what I've been really listening like to. I like that too. They say it also lo-fi has a an effect on your brain. It helps you focus. It helps mm -hmm. you concentrate. Mm -hmm. I think that's very interesting. But now, other than the holidays, I haven't had anything very interesting going on. I know. <laughs> we were kind of like, right, we were putting together the show, you guys. And we were like, we haven't like, done what, any. What are the updates? What are the interesting things that we're up to? nothing trying to survive basically <laughs> is how it goes you know being a mom we haven't done anything too exciting we do have a i mean we have exciting news but not really because it, it was a it could have happened oh yeah right that I was the most exciting thing that we had happened during our break we sure. got offered a maybe to contacted have, by mgm yeah to have an interview uh with snoop dogg and because apparently i guess they were trying to figure out what the press is gonna be he's got a new movie coming out called underdogs and we 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 had a we chance. were just like is this real is this a real person yeah like, I, had, really? I had screenshotted it and sent it to the team sent it to uncle jesse and jay going like aha uh -huh, is this real should i respond to this like this looks like maybe kind of weird <laughs> uh it was verified no we we did our due diligence and it was real it was real 
it was real. We almost had an opportunity almost. to interview the fuck. Didn't get and it. And it sucks too because you get so excited and you're like, oh, this is really great. This is a really great opportunity. You want to shout it from the tops of all the mountains, but it's kind of like a, it's kind of like you kills. Know, it's like you to have to go back and be like, wow, well, well, it was it like, didn't work out. I'm sure they're contacting many different right and I, you know what maybe they were just i don't know the real surprise lucky. it was it was surprising they it even was. reached out to right. us right i mean it was really nice at that with it we were even on their radar even right even though we're the florida cannabis yeah uh please <laughs> if you haven't noticed we're flexing hardcore right now we'd like to uh call your attention to our award our award here. Thank you yeah. for the award, Florida Cannabis Awards. I just uh, want to. I just want to pull it out. Oh. I know I'm making a mess, but it's a substantial award, you guys. They actually went out of their way to handcraft. No, I don't think handcraft. But, but yeah, but have had a, a, piece, a, a nice, heavy, sturdy piece of wood, and to shout it from the new from the rooftops that we are the best. The 2023's best cannabis media source. That was very nice. Thank yes. you for voting for us. Who are, for those of you that voted for us for on that. For those of you who voted, <laughs> we probably display display so, you your know, efforts. I can understand why okay. they contacted us. You know, well, that's why they contacted us. Not just this, but oh, like we are right. We are the best cannabis news source, <laughs> as mentioned on this award. Exactly. So of course they hit us up and was like, "Yo, it would be an honor for Snoop Dogg." <laughs> They didn't say that part, but <laughs> whatever. Like, it was. Would you be interested? And it we're was, like, yeah, yeah, of course we'd be interested. Yeah, like, like who would say no to that? Hell? What podcast? Right. Oh, oh, you know, <laughs> no. Um, we, I don't think so. <laughs> I honestly, the my immediate thought of that was like, Snoop Dogg has time to fucking be on our podcast. Like, <laughs> no way. That guy has eighty thousand products. He's doing like a million things at all. That guy is like King Projects. He has. Did you see he's going to be commentating? He's going to be an announcer during the Olympics in Paris. Of fucking course. You know who (laughs) else should be an announcer with him? Leslie Jones. How awesome would that be if those two were announcing that shit? That would be fun. Uh, Make the Olympics fun again, you guys. (laughs) No, but that guy's doing everything. Uh, Yeah. How would he have time to be on a podcast? But we did get a screening for the movie. We did. We We did. We did. We're going to get the movie movie. as a movie. Did you see the trailer? Yeah, I saw the trailer. It's pretty fun. It it looks funny. It looks really fun. There's a lot of cursing from the start. And I was like, whoa. (laughs) It's like, whoa, is this a kid's movie? Because I thought it might be. Because there's kids in it. Yeah. It's like a it's like a bad news bears kind of movie. Exactly. Yeah, he's yeah. like coaching football. Oh, underdogs. Little kids. Underdogs, football. literally. That's yeah. the name of underdogs. the movie. So we're gonna get uh, we're gonna get a sneak peek. We're gonna be able to get the movie to watch the movie before everybody else gets to watch a movie. We're gonna do a little movie night with our patrons mm-hmm. to watch Snoop Dogg's movie. So at least we got a fun, like a little yeah. thing planned out of it you get to get you know i manifest the snoop dog into our lives one day we will and i was very i told her she's like oh my god and i'm just like this is meant i was in shock i just was amazed that it was happening that quick as it was (laughs) i was in shock i was like is this real yeah it was real it was real but we didn't you know it was too real (laughs) we'll be another step closer yeah next time Dude, we'll, we, we will get to meet Snoop Dogg, you guys. So, it's going to happen, you know, eventually. So, 
I my the construction in my house is complete Ooh, <clears throat> since we're catching up. Yeah, and congratulations. I'm so yeah, I might my my bathroom. I have a brand new bathroom. It looks great. I have a, I got the black toilet. I got a black toilet. You had a black toilet. How is that? How's that it's holding up? Cool. How long have you had it? Looks amazing. how is it with like dust and stuff? You can't see. I know. It looks good. It's nice. Keeps nice and clean. I mean, you know, you gotta clean it. It's of not course. Like you, but it's it's good. It's cool. Uh, I don't know. Anything from what I had Just is a an black upgrade. Toilet. That's so interesting. I know, right? That's why we got it. And then in the reviews, someone I were like, "Oh, let's see what people say about it." And then the one the reviews was, "I got it." I got the black toilet. <laughs> that was the review. And that sold the deal. I was like, yeah, Robert, I want to be that guy. I want to be the guy that's like, I got it. It's me. I got a black toilet. Uh, it's a black and white bathroom. So the it makes sense. Toilet. It's not like I have like a whole scheme going with a black toilet randomly. It's like a whole, it's a thing. It's a black and white. Yeah, it matches the decor. Of yeah, the, the right. <laughs> the theme of the thing. So, but it's cool, man. I'm happy to have a new bathroom. I wanted to set my old one on fire, so here we are. Uh, so who, who, who? Um, I watched a movie you guys recently were talking about. So sometimes we get into conversations when we're like smoking on Discord. And we're having our little Discord smoke sesh with the ladies, with the other pot smoking moms, mm-hmm. uh, who we have a pre sesh with, mm-hmm, who are mm-hmm. in uh, our live studio audience. I mean, sort of. <laughs> um, but. Uh, that movie, Leave the World Behind. You guys have been talking about it. I think you guys even mentioned it. that the the end was lackluster. Yes. Uh, and then I just kind of was like, oh, oh, let me see what's up with this. You know how I feel about two hour movies. I feel like it's way too long. It's thirty minutes too long for me, and it usually takes more than one try. This one took me three tries because I was telling you yesterday mm-hmm. there was a scene where the kid starts pulling out his teeth, and I was like, fuck, I'm not ready for this. It's too late. <laughs> I've had a very stressful day. Do not want to have to deal with this. So I had to stop it. <laughs> but then I was like so invested in it. Like I had to finish you it. You had to come back. And, and so uh, it was cool. It was good. But the end, yeah, it was kind of like. Yeah, the end uh, was lackluster. They leave it like they kind of leave it up to you to, to figure it out. Sort of. They yeah. they give you an idea of how it, it ends up happening. But like, I think it's also kind of left to like, what would you do in that scenario? What do you think? Oh, thank you, Uncle Jesse, hooking it up. Leave the world behind. It's on Netflix. Has Julia Roberts. Well, which I'm also a fan of the actors, which is another reason. Like uh, this guy, uh, everybody in this movie uh, was pretty great. They did a pretty good job. Yeah, it was a really good movie. I enjoyed it. But the end, yes. It was like, really? Come on. I want to know what happened. I was like, oh, okay. But it's kind of like uh, the Sopranos ending. Yeah, it's very abrupt. And I hope that that wasn't really like give you two hours. It's like I was always spoiler alert. Was it? Oh, (laughs) they're not listening that hard. They probably smoked. They missed it. Don't go back and listen to that then. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, it was it was interesting. It was good. I wouldn't not recommend it. Mm. You know, Uh, it's something to watch. Oh, okay. (laughs) I thought it was good. It was decent. It was decent storytelling. And the acting was great. I really enjoyed the acting. We watched Saltburn. And I... You guys keep talking about that one and how crazy it was. And everybody at the the Discord the next morning, everybody was like, I can't believe we watched that movie last (laughs) night. And I was like, what happened? (laughs) And I keep thinking, what happened? Because everybody was so like, 
oh my god we'll have to, it's, you know it's actually such a great movie and it's a very well sh shot very beautifully done it just has a few questionable moments that it can be a bit graphic and okay. shocking sexually <laughs> wow that was a sexually I don't okay. want to give it away because I'm right, right. watch the right. movie. Is it a two-hour movie? How long is it? Three They're, hours? Selena, everything is two hours. I think it's okay. We'll try. See, everything is two I hours. Know, but it is two, two shots. Nowadays is two it's hours. It's a two-shot situation. Yeah. When you think of the, you know, what the time we have, as exhausted as we are after mothering <laughs> and working for the capitalistic society we live in yeah 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 you know i don't have much time to pay attention to things so it might take me a little bit i do wish we it. we had recorded watching that movie together to just to, to see get the reaction shots yeah you're saying to that. the some of the scenes <laughs> it's just let's just say the trailer like made me suspect the movie was going to be completely different than what it ended up being to me it was really good though well done beautifully right. done if it's a good movie then i will watch it <laughs> We can, I would pay to see your reactions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should set it up then. Maybe we should set it up. Mic me up. Mic me up, Jesse. We could skip this, I guess. I hate TikTok, guys. Just this formal announcement about I hate, I hate TikTok because they try to everything is selling me. So I feel like everything's a fucking advertising. I, I automatically swipe away from everything. It's TikTok so shop. and then they try to really hard to sell. They try to hard sell you on certain things. Swipe. Right now, they're trying to sell me the chair. They're still trying to sell me the chair. They're trying to sell me <laughs> the desk, the electronic, the, 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 what is it? Standing it desk. you're doing your, the your popping office. game. That stupid fucking popping game. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. And then, oh, and then everybody in the live with the brush, the scrub brush. The scrub brush. I get the scrub brush. Oh my brush God, I can't. Too. And then, you know what, I, what? Something else that makes me really mad is when I go to someone's page to look at just their videos. And I'm swiping through the video and they stick an ad in there from somebody else. What? I've that? never seen yes, that. Yes, bro. A random ad in the feed. When you start coasting, when you start looking through the person's videos uh -huh. in like the scroll mode, uh -huh. they'll stick ads in there too. What? Even though you're in the person's specific a page. I've never had that happen. To oh my me. God. I hate it. Anyways. Fuck TikTok at this point. Yeah, they got to make their money, right? <laughs> I guess. Everybody's got to make their money because everybody gets, you know, everybody has we their little. going in so their little fucking when there was less of that. Thingy. When there was none of that. Paid promotion. Yeah. This is another thing. Joe Coy at the Gloden Globes. <laughs> I fucked that word Glo up. <laughs> the Gloden Globes. the way you spelled it. <laughs> I put that one backwards. Did you guys peep Joe Coy at the Golden Globes? I didn't watch the Golden Globes because I was uh, uh I didn't either. Football. But I saw the fucking I saw the hubbub about the comedian. I saw clips and it was very hard to watch. Yeah. So it I, it, it was very hard to read. And then I was like, I can't believe it's that bad. And yeah. then I watched it and I was like, oh my God, it is that bad. I've never been a big fan of Joe Coy. Let's start from the comedian. I'm gonna start from the comics perspective. You've never heard of him before? Like, I'm, I don't oh, yeah, know okay. comics. Like, he's not that mainstream. I feel like, I feel like he's more of like, like my husband knows the, the improv comedy club, you know, good guy. Right. And I figured like, okay, go, the Golden Globes have, have been through a lot of turmoil in the last couple of years. 
in addition to the fact that guys awards really it's everybody peacocking and it's just a big fucking circle jerk like come on can we all agree on this can we all fucking see it for what it is these people are paying to get these awards because they're trying everything they can do to be put in front of all the people all the right people who need to vote them in for whatever the fuck so whatever but they hired Joe Coy and he's kind of like, I feel like he's like a PC. Like he's like, uh, I could understand. He's a safe choice. He fucking, man, he fucking died out there. <laughs> like it's a hard audience. I'm going to give it to him on this one. Hands. It's a very hard room. It's a super hard room because everybody's ego is competing with each other. Okay. And there's been a lot of, you know, stuff happening in the award show recently. <laughs> So, you know, mm. it's it's a really hard I, I I would never touch it. Not that I would ever even be in that kind of situation. Sunny <laughs> D hosting the yeah, Golden uh -huh. Globes. And I'd be like, yeah, all right, okay. <laughs> so so like I gotta give it to him. And 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 I do believe the fact that they did give him a short notice and and I I think that's makes Hollywood. you wonder why they didn't have a host 10 days before. And who fucking knows? Those people are all over the place. Who knows what they're offering to who and who's saying yes and who's saying no, and what the terms and conditions are, and all the fucking all that kind of shit. And he's just like straight out like saying, I just got the job. So this is ago. my thing. I didn't write all these he, jokes. To me, granted, okay, he's trying to recover from fucking crashing. But on the one hand, hey, do you not see the jokes that you're given? So they gave him 10 days, okay, which is not a lot of notice. But fucking please, if you're a professional comedian who's been doing this all your life, getting paid big bucks to do stand I mean, I'm not saying to say big bucks. He is a successful stand-up comedian and he gets work and he works and he does movies and he's like eh, whatever he's working but if he's been doing it for such a long time which he has there's a certain air of professionalism that you would expect from him and when he fucking threw everybody under the bus including the writers i was like that shit is amateur fucking behavior like i i understand under the circumstances that he was given that that was the, his resort but like to me that shows his character. That's why, like, I always, I thought he was okay. He was palatable. People enjoyed his comedy. And I was, I understood it. When I saw him, he's fun. He's entertaining. He's nice. Whatever. But, like, he threw his writers under the bus, too, man. He was like, oh, all the jokes I'm writing, the jokes I'm writing, you're laughing at. The ones I wrote, you're And laughing. it's like, <laughs> that is so fucking shady for someone to say that, just fucking throw the whole bus under the bus is what the fucking guy did poor writers but on top of that did he not get the script beforehand all of the sexist jokes about barbie i'm like guy those jokes are so like popsicle stick they're not even not like good. well thought out written you know it was just like pretty pretty trash uh, anywho, uh, very entertaining. If you'd like to watch what not to do when being a host of the awards <laughs> show, look up Joe Coy and Golden But Bugs. it's just nobody wants to do that gig anymore. I mean, it's no hard. Yeah, of course. So, like, that shows a, a lot, you know. Yeah. Why are we fucking parading around doing these types of shows? Why does it have to be all that? Make it evolve into something else then, right? I don't know. That's just my Sunny D's hot take on that. <laughs>
topic. Yeah, and then I wanted to talk about Cat Williams, but you didn't watch it. I didn't watch it. I've seen clips on TikTok. I've heard others talk about it, but I didn't watch the full Cat yeah. Williams interview. Very fun. Very interesting. I love Cat Williams. I've always loved Cat Williams. I think every single special I've seen him do and every time he's done stand up, I've been like, this guy is genius. Yeah, yeah. I've never I've always laughed. The guy is real as fuck. I think part of his deal is that he's an exaggerator. That's part of comedian. That's our shtick. That's what we do. H how would we be good storytellers if we didn't have to embellish things to make people want to listen to it? So I understand when some people are going back and forth about the. He said he had read so many books by he when he was a young kid, and which obviously he's a smart guy. He doesn't have to prove it. You mm -hmm. could just listen to his comedy and understand that he's a smart guy. He's wild and smart, uh, but very entertaining. He says a couple of really fun things <laughs> about the comedy community. Uh, so if you're into stand-up comedy. I would say listen to it. I it's was like actually, a two-hour-long interview. It's two hours. Yes, I didn't hear the whole thing. I was trying to get. I was going to say you can't sit through a two-hour-long movie, but could you could you listen to the whole interview? No, I didn't. <laughs> and that's why uh, one of our friends, Lauren, did, and I was trying to, to juice her for some more information because I kept seeing like random clips of things. I saw. I thought I saw most of it. Yeah. Then I saw some more stuff. He talks about weed on it too. He talks about how like. That's He's always he going to have it on him. It's yeah, his medicine. that's all he that's what he does. He, yeah. you know, smokes weed, does drinks. He doesn't do anything else. People have accused him, I guess, of doing those are things. some of the clips I've seen. Yeah, but and if you uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of Atlanta, I'm a huge fan of his particular episode in Atlanta where I think he fucking kills it. I think he won an award for that episode that he did in Probably. Atlanta where he played the uncle. Anyways, Cat Williams is phenomenal. I would uh, check out that interview. Hell yeah. We're doing this podcast now bi-weekly instead of every week. Uh, yeah. I mean, the pre-show patron sesh is being played on the extra week, on the empty week. Wait, what is it? Right. So that's a schedule we're trying to do. <laughs> Wednesdays, patrons get their pre-sesh patron show episode. And then the following week is the public episode of the episode. Show. Exactly. That is the schedule. And then there on and so forth so if you want to become a patron check out our website you'll have access to those uh, episodes during the off week so also access to our discord and our little community of moms as we hang out and stuff like that yep yep and if you can contribute to the patreon that's cool rate review we uh, appreciate that stuff and share our podcast we love you baby i'm pretty ripped yeah, I'm doing all right. Do I have anything <laughs> left in here? I'm really hungry is what my, my deal is. <laughs> but we all got right. a couple of uh, news nugs for you coming your way. Hit it, Jesse. News Nugs, where we get high and read the news to you. All right. So feds release marijuana documents confirming Schedule 3 recommendation based on accepted medical use. The U.S. government has released hundreds of pages of documents related to its ongoing review of marijuana's status under federal law, officially confirming for the first time 
that health officials have recommended the Drug Enforcement Administration, DEA, place cannabis in Schedule 3 of the Controlled Substances Act. The 252 pages of documents from the Department of Health and Human Services explained that cannabis has currently accepted medical use and treatment in the United States and has a potential for abuse less than the drugs or other substances in Schedules 1 and 2. Federal health officials said the review found that more than 30,000 healthcare professionals across the 43 U.S. jurisdictions are authorized to recommend the medical use of marijuana for more than 6 million registered patients for at least 15 medical conditions. There exists widespread current experience with the medical use of the substance operating in accordance with implemented jurisdiction authorized programs where medical use is recognized by entities that regulate the practice of medicine. So duh. Yeah. Many States are medicinally using marijuana. Attorney Matt Zorn, to whom the documents were released, sued the government following a Freedom of Information Act. I always like, I want to hear stories where people be suing the government. <clears throat> yeah. Right? Here we go. <laughs> Request to obtain the rescheduling memo. Confirming the Schedule 3 recommendations, Zorn published the documents, including letter to DEA Administrator Ann Milligram. And, oh, sorry. Ann Milgram. Milgram. <laughs> <laughs> in which the Office of the Assistant Secretary for Health writes that marijuana meets the findings for control and schedule three, though through his on drugs blog on Friday. Much of the documents discuss the government's eight factor analysis for scheduling drugs, emphasizing the importance of marijuana's abuse potential compared to other drugs, whether it has a currently accepted medical use and its relative safety and risk of physical dependence. Regarding accepted medical use, the review looked both at current acceptance and whether available scientific literature supports those uses. On the first point, HHS acknowledged that most U.S. states have legalized marijuana for medical use, noting that some medical cannabis programs have been in place for several years and include features that actively monitor medical use and product quality characteristics of marijuana dispense. Regarding efficacy, the memo says the review of the available information identified mixed findings of effectiveness across indications ranging from data showing inconclusive findings to considerable evidence in favor of effectiveness, depending on the source. Wow, that's a lot of words, 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 words. Oh my gosh. It's like, whoa. Yeah. The largest evidence base for effectiveness exists for marijuana use within the pain indication, in particular, neuropathic pain, it says. Specifically, the agency found most authors concluded there is some benefit with marijuana in the treatment of pain conditions, generally ranging from low to moderate effect based on low to moderate quality of evidence. The review conducted by the FDA, however, did not support for marijuana providing benefit for epilepsy or anxiety. Huh? And the memo says the agency found that the risk of adverse events associated with treating PTSD with marijuana may be more substantial than any limited benefit in observational studies. Overall, there is a lack of quality clinical data to support the use of marijuana for PTSD, the agency said. Oh, the review also found some evidence of benefit in Crohn's disease when treated with marijuana. Our Though guess. positive effects. Yes, exactly. We'll talk about that a little later. <laughs> Though positive effects appeared mostly limited to subjective symptoms and not disease activity. 
On balance, the agency continued, the available data indicate that there is some credible scientific support to substantiate the use of marijuana in the treatment of pain, anorexia related to certain medical conditions, and nausea and vomiting, chemotherapy-induced, with varying degrees of support and consistency of findings. Taken together, the data support that a substantial number of healthcare practitioners have gained uh, clinical experience with at least one specific medical use of marijuana under state-authorized programs. Despite being less of an endorsement of marijuana's medical benefits than some advocates might have hoped for, federal health officials said in the recommendation that none of the evidence from the <clears throat> systematic reviews included in our analysis identified any safety concerns that would preclude the use of marijuana in the indications for which there exists some credible scientific support for its therapeutic benefit. What does that sentence exactly mean? That some of the stuff that we say is good for is good for. Okay, so <laughs> basically, in terms of relative safety compared to other substances, the Federal Health Review concluded that the risks to the public health posed by marijuana are low compared to other drugs of abuse. Examples, heroin, cocaine, and benzoyl. Yeah, well, something we don't know. Based on an evaluation of various epidemiological databases, for visits, hospitalizations, unintentional exposures, and most importantly, for overdose deaths. Mm -hmm. For overdose deaths, marijuana is always in the lowest ranking among comparator drugs. Uh, we all know exactly. that. Uh, the National Institute of Drug Abuse is on board with the agency's analysis. Documents say in comments about the newly released information, Representative Earl Blumenar founder of the Congressional Cannabis Caucus. Congressional Cannabis Caucus. <laughs> said the news continues the progress made toward ending prohibition. Even though this has been long has been long anticipated, it is still a very uh, it is still long anticipated. <laughs> Even though it's been long anticipated, it's still long anticipated. It's still very welcome development, the congressman <laughs> said. It is another step toward the inevitable uh, inevitable like legalization of the cannabis and of cannabis, and I said the cannabis, of cannabis, and ending this sad chapter of the failed war on drugs. Yeah, I don't know about that. That's happening. I mean, if they deschedule it from one to three, that's that means a lot. That means a lot because three is more like a, three used always for a acceptable, magic number. acceptable uses for like medicinal purposes. Is basically what it's saying. Somewhere in that ancient mystic trinity, you'll find three. <laughs> it's a good song. A man and a woman have a little baby. No, you don't. Okay. A medical. Oh, wait. Are we moving on to yeah, the next story? Yeah, we're moving on to the next story. Let's do it. So this is actually a story that it came up to me in a, in a TikTok video that I saw. And when I Googled it, I saw the lady that made the TikTok has actually got featured in uh high times talking about the story nice. so because oh my god let's see what she has to say let's unpack it <laughs> so a uh, medical marijuana card for a fetus question exclamation point she says here the gop is making it increasingly obvious that they don't give a fuck about civil rights yeah. this week attorneys for an oklahoma woman filed an application asking the uh, oklahoma supreme court to to stop state prosecutors from criminally charging women who use medical marijuana during pregnancy. 
The filing centers around the case of Brittany Gonzalez, a 27-year-old woman who used edibles and topicals during her pregnancy at the recommendation of her doctor. She legally obtained a medical marijuana license to do so. In October 2020, she gave birth to a healthy baby who tested positive for THC. The Oklahoma Department of Human Services investigated and found no evidence of neglect, reporting that Gonzalez's home was clean and safe environment. Still, the District of Attorney of Camachi County, Kyle Kableka, charged Gonzalez with felony child neglect in May 2021. Because they have nothing better to fucking do. They have nothing better to do. Prosecutional absurdity. Charging a woman for not having a marijuana card for her fetus. At a court hearing in August of this year, a prosecutor argued Gonzalez broke the law because her unborn child did not have its own separate state license to use medical marijuana. Yes, I read that correctly. <laughs> Prosecutors say that Gonzalez is liable for felony child neglect because her fetus did not have a medical marijuana card. Fel felony child neglect charges carry a potential life sentence in Oklahoma. Of course, it's ludicrous to say that a fetus should require a medical license, but it's in keeping with the absolute insanity unfolding around the country since Roe versus Wade was overturned 18 months ago. Republicans are waging war on women's bodies with a fervor that I can only compare to the horrors of the war on drugs. They definitely don't give a flying fuck about women or children. And that's we had a whole conversation coming mm -hmm. up to this about how we had a story back in the day uh, that we reported that this lady uh, had shot somebody in an Uber, which we were very adamant about frowning down upon. That's not right. But she was pregnant at the time. And her argument for not getting put in jail was that her baby didn't commit a crime, which we thought was a very interesting argument, considering the fact that they're trying to put laws. They're around trying to put laws around women's bodies, women's and, bodies and it's like this horror deal where it's like, oh, well this and then you go oh well if this then that and then you realize that the law is only works in the one way they want it to work it ain't working in the way you can't you can't use their own logic mm -hmm, against mm -hmm. them so the alarming implication of fetal personhood Brittany gonzalez was investigated for using prescribed medicine and found to be a good loving parent by the dhs but kyle kabeleka isn't interested in the welfare of her child or her rights as a parent. His argument is that Gonzalez's fetus didn't have a medical marijuana license. Oh my God. Stems from the alarming legal theory of fetal personhood. That's being weaponized to criminalize pregnant people. Dana Sussman, Deputy Executive Director of National Advocates for Pregnant Women, NHPW, said in a March 2022 interview with Jezebel that fetal personhood is about normalizing the idea that a pregnant person is not their own person anymore, that they're subservient to the rights, individuality, and full personhood of a fetus. Whoa. If a fetus is considered to be a person with legal rights and the pregnant person's rights are secondary to the fetus, Sussman said, that leads to an environment in which violence, whether it's state violence like imprisonment or interpersonal violence, can be committed against pregnant people with far less accountability. Yeah, like these states that are trying to make it like <clears throat> uh, like a 
like like a death sentence if you have an abortion which is insane we are so obsessed with protecting the rights of these fetuses that we're willing to kill people like what are we and then they don't care anything about those babies once they're born well yeah i mean it's always been that way but it's just it's insane it's insane that it keeps like getting worse that they keep having a stronghold on the situation when like i'm sorry if put it in the other perspective do you think if women were running the planet what would guys say the barbie movie hello <laughs> like are you kidding me well put the shoe on the other foot like i've always said this and there's tons of people out there who says if guys were the ones to get pregnant there would be abortion clinics like fucking mcdonald's you'd be able to get that shit in a drive through it'd be so easy but since it's not and the shoes mm-hmm. on the other foot mm-hmm. They have a stronghold, a stronghold on that. Guys making uh, rules about our bodies. Imagine that. As if that's not mind-blowing enough. Parallels to the war on drugs, reproductive rights as a tool for control. Sound familiar? State violence being committed against people by targeting, criminalizing, and imprisoning them. If you've ever been arrested for weed, you know exactly what we're talking about here. The war on drugs was created as a political tool to control blacks and hippies. And we know this because former Nixon domestic policy chief John Ehrlichman went on record saying so in an interview with Harper's Magazine. Quote, the Nixon campaign in 1968 and the Nixon White House after that had two enemies, the anti-war left and the black people. Ehrlichman told writer Dan Baum, you understand what I'm saying? We knew we couldn't make it illegal to be either against the war or black, but by getting the public associate, the hippies with marijuana and blacks with heroin, Oh and then God. criminalizing both heavily, we could disrupt those communities. We could arrest their leaders, raid their homes, break up their meetings, and vilify them night to night on the evening news. As we know they did. Did we know we were lying about the drugs? Of course we did. The GOP's terrifying agenda, a threat to all regardless of gender. The war on reproductive rights is tearing a page out of the very same playbook, criminalizing behavior to control people. We should all be fucking terrified. Not only people who could become pregnant, not only women of childbearing age, all of us, because it doesn't stop here. The anti-abortion movement is fueled by white Christian nationalism, as outlined in an essay in the Washington Post. White Christian nationalism is a toxic ideology upheld by the three pillars of freedom, order, and violence. The freedom belongs only to people that white Christian nationalists see as like them, white men. The order is to be imposed on all those they don't. Everyone else. Everyone else. And righteous violence is to be deployed to achieve their vision. Oh my God, that's terrifying. If you're not a straight, white, Bible-thumping bro, and even if you are, the shit the GOP is trying to pull and should give you chills. Take a stand against the criminalization of reproductive rights. I wrote an essay, this lady wrote an essay for this column about sexism last year in the comments from many, many dudes that I should shut up and make them a sandwich inspired <laughs> me to start a project where I make myself sandwiches and chat about the things. This is one of her TikTok videos. That's she's why in her TikTok, sandwich. she's making a sandwich. Yes. We should, can we get her on our show? Let's just get we her on the show. A woman who's a person with a uterus who enjoys sandwiches. Uh-huh. The sandwich I made about Brittany Gonzalez's fetus needing a medical marijuana license is currently at 1.3 million views on TikTok. That's how we found you, girl. So to all the dudes who are going to come for me, this is a big fat rant about reproductive rights. Make yourselves a fucking sandwich. <laughs> uh, the GOP is criminalizing pregnant women. You could be sure they'll come for you next. Well, I don't know. But okay. 
Uh, they write the rules. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that they're coming for themselves. But um, but I would say we need to all stand together for um, the rights of everybody. Yes. Okay. And that means also women who, um, we, yeah, things have been getting People pretty bleak in the last it. couple of years, you know, with our rights to our bodies and what we can do and not do. And Yeah. And on the ballot, I, there's going to be um, an amendment for abortion protections. Well, here in Florida, guys, sign on that. I actually uh, was out at like um, you signed the petition. I did sign the petition for it. Mm -hmm. Um, So did I. Yeah, and I was willing to go out there and (laughs) make other people sign the petitions Uh, because I was like, oh, for hell yeah! So so if you see that petition, sign it. It's for our rights. It's just crazy to me is that they want to put a a a mother who's providing a happy loving environment right which to a perfectly healthy child want to put her in jail for life for what for wasting time wasting people's time wasting people's lives she did it at the recommendation of her doctor yeah and it's just again like get the fucking pincha like what the hell why is it why are you making it your business they're just trying to pass like get People stuff like wanna, that they just done wanna control so you. stuff in in law that can support right. their anti-abortion their control um laws yeah oh Anyways, all right guys not getting more well that more was the end of uh news nugs yeah now we're gonna get spicy with a little some uh florida stories oh, florida stories <laughs> I love you, Miami. I love you, Miami. Did you see the biggest ship in the world now? Now there's an even bigger ship. So there's an even bigger giant toilet in the ocean. Now. Have you seen that nine month cruise thing? Oh, I did see some things about that. And then how, how like, they're you don't like have to take Drake's the whole Passage cruise. right now where they're going like North Sea. So you're Have you ever been on North Sea going? Talk? No. No. Never seen North Sea talk. That shit's scary. No, what is, that? is it, that? It just shows you how rough the North Seas are and just like the, the ships like toppling over and all, like yeah. crazy. And then they put that crazy like pirate, oh, like Viking music, not pirate, Viking music. Oh, the ocean oh. is very scary, especially being out in the open ocean. Holy shit. And bro. that cruise is going through there right now yeah, because they're doing know. like the Antarctica, like the area. Ah, eso no sé. Yo no sé eso. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well oh, we're, we're not in the Antarctica. we're in florida over here <laughs> okay so i saw this headline i was like this really they're trying to pull this bs back again here. we're back here again. back here again so newly introduced bill in florida proposes a 10 percent cap on smokable thc products the bill would only take effect if adult use cannabis is legalized by voters later in 2024. Of course, of course. Already so this is—they're already like, okay, we can't have this legal weed ramping. They're already like, whoa, 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 whoa guys. Florida. It's not like that, guys. It's not like. Let's that. get ahead of this issue. If it becomes legal, it's not going to be anything stronger than 10. Oh, percent Jesus, get off! It, this bro. is bullshit. So what? People got time to waste. Is There's it, so much is this, shit going on? Is somebody like? Waste. Is this somebody like on the medical side that's trying to like keep like so that? So people got to keep their car. Their oh, that might be a ploy here because oh, only medical can, people only can medical get can over ten percent. Who knows? Who oh, knows? Geez. Who 
knows what this more is. Matraquilla. So Florida Representative Ralph Masulo, he knows, introduced House Bill he 1269 knows. on he January knows. 5th, which received its first reading on January 9th. If passed, the bill would implement limitations on potency in cannabis products, specifically if adult-use cannabis is legalized. The bill proposes strict limitations for smoking products, concentrates, and edibles. Marijuana for personal use may not have a tetrahydrocannabinol <laughs> potency by weight or volume of greater than 10% for marijuana in a form for smoking or greater than 60% in the final product for all form, other forms of marijuana, excluding edibles. The original filed version states, edibles for personal use may not contain more than 200 milligrams of THC and a single serving portion of an edible may not exceed 10 milligrams of THC. <clears throat> okay. In comparison to other state potency limitations, Musulo's potency percentages are much lower. Also, the definition of potency within the HB 1269 text is complete, complicated, described as the relative strength of cannabinoids and the total amount in milligrams of THC as the sum of delta 9 THC plus 0.877 multiplied by blah, 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 acid, blah, 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 and cannabinol, blah. <laughs> Anytime I see I see numbers or mathematical oh, equations, numbers, guys, so. my brain just go as a switch. Just Ooh, yeah, ten percent THC basically. <laughs> I go comatose. There are a few other proposed bills for the Florida 2024 legislative session. House Bill 1435 would create registry identification cards for military veterans. House Bill 1497 would exempt specific applicants from medical cannabis treatment center licenses. Senate Bill 94 proposes reduced penalties for a person possessing 20 grams of cannabis or less for the first three violations. Senate Bill 166 would create protections for medical cannabis patients if they're public employees. Nice. Huh. Masulo anticipates that adult use legalization is right around the corner of Florida, especially with a 2024 ballot later this year that people have spent uh, millions and millions and millions of dollars on. <laughs> One initiative, millions and millions and millions of dollars on, Smart and Safe Florida announced in June 2023 that it had gathered enough signatures to qualify for the ballot this year. The campaign's primary funding comes from multi-state operation, according to a statement by CEO Cameron. <laughs> Express the company's dedication to consumers. I feel she's like, she's like, uh, burnt. What's it called? Who's the bad guy from The Simpsons? The guy who has the, the <laughs> Mr. Burns, Mr. or Burns, is that what his is name is? Yeah, Mr. Burns. He's like, excellent, excellent. Our investment demonstrates our firm belief that Floridians are ready to experience the freedom to use cannabis for personal <laughs> consumption, a freedom which is currently enjoyed by more than half of American adults, Rivers said. With over 965,000 validated signatures, millions and millions and millions of dollars <laughs> from nearly every part of our state, it is clear these voters share that belief. <laughs> We're just like, <laughs> we are thrilled the campaign has made this milestone and look forward to seeing this initiative on the ballot next November. However, Florida Attorney General Ashley Moody. <laughs> We know how she feels about it. Boo, bitch, boo. Challenge the initiative. Just after, settle down now, guys. Settle <laughs> down. Just after the initiative gathered enough signatures. 
Yeah, but it didn't, they didn't listen to her. Yeah, whatever. Fuck that bitch. Uh, the court will stick to differential standard of review and will agree that the language strictly adheres to the law and the Florida Constitution will give voters the opportunity to vote on this subject. In November uh, 2023, oral arguments were made by the Florida Supreme Court. In response, Smart and Safe Florida released a statement about the hearing. We believe that after today's oral arguments, it is clear that the language was drafted to conform to the roadmap that the court itself has provided in prior cases. AKA we paid a lot of lawyers to make this right. Yeah, we knew the right way to go right, this time. Come on. Been there, done that. We hope that the court agrees that the language strictly adheres to the law and will allow that the city and citizens of Florida to exercise their sovereign right to decide whether to amend their constitution. So far, no more progress has been made on the case and the future of Smart and Safe Florida's initiative is uncertain. According to data provided by, I, I thought for certain it was just going to be on the ballot already. According to data provided by the University of North Florida's Public Opinion Research Lab, 67% of poll participants said they would support adult use cannabis in Florida, oh, while, only 20, while only 28% said they would vote no, and 5% said they didn't know or declined to answer the question. Smoke weed every day, day. I think everyone agrees with that statement almost. A good a good amount of people agree with that statement. Uh, recently, a different, a different cannabis-related 2024 ballot initiative that would have allowed medical... Oh, we already talked about this. Oh, the homegirl, wise and free. Wise and free. That no, they no, they, no, they no. got shut down because they didn't have the proper funding or background like um, right. and support to really get it going. Yeah. So this is another story I saw on TikTok. Oh, this is a wild story. This is as Florida as Florida can get right now. If you're looking for Florida stories, this one's for you, y'all. I, I couldn't. I was like, what? Okay, so Florida woman who became pregnant in jail will have a hearing to seek house arrest, her attorney says. Daisy Link, who has been in jail since 2022, is four months pregnant, prompting an investigation. An inmate who became pregnant while in a Florida County jail is scheduled to have a hearing on January 24th in which she will request a transfer to house arrest. Her attorney said Thursday. That's not the they, picture. And the other one, the other story you had sent me, she looks like real pretty there. The other story. I was like, man, she looks like someone everybody went to high school with. Well, <laughs> she looks actually like, she looks like nice there. The other one was, I think like her yeah, mugshot or girl. something. Um, so what was I saying? Daisy link 28. Daisy Link, 28, has been held in the Turner Guilford Knight Correctional Center in Miami-Dade County since June of 2022. On Christmas Day, she called her family members from jail and told them she was almost four months pregnant, dun, dun, according dun. to her sister, Crystal Barreto. Wow. The Miami-Dade Corrections and Rehabilitation Department told NBC News last week that it had confirmed Link's pregnancy after a thorough medical exam, but declined to comment on who may have impregnated her. Okay, Link is awaiting trial on a charge of second-degree murder. Her attorney, wow. Marlene oh, Montaner, said that the charge stemmed from a domestic violence incident during which link feared for her life oh. she has been held without bond at the correctional center which houses both male and female inmates and she has no trial date set yet mm. so she's been in custody like since june of 2022 just awaiting a trial date she doesn't even have a trial That's date yet cool. 
That is such a. That's insane. Yeah. And for the for a second degree murder of her abuser. Yeah, that gives me like Chicago vibes, you know, that gives me what like the fuck? lip shits, Cicero. You know what I'm say- talking about? In a motion filed earlier this week, Montaner cited the extraordinary circumstances of the pregnancy and asked the judge to reconsider a previous order denying Link's pretrial release and instead allow her to be under home confinement with electronic monitoring. She is in fear, and I am in fear for the baby, uh, Montaner said in a phone interview. Pregnancy is stressful, but a pregnancy in jail takes a different form, and the stress that she's having is incredible. Especially if everybody knows, too. Like, how can you even, you can't hide that. Montaner added that Link said she has been receiving threats from inmates and from correction staff who may fear that they could lose their jobs for allowing a pregnancy to to occur in jail. The circumstances surrounding Link's pregnancy are unclear. Montaner said conjugal visits are not allowed in Florida, and Barreto said that Link does not feel comfortable disclosing details of her pregnancy over the jail's recorded phone lines. Hmm. So a spokesman for Miami-Dade Corrections and Rehabilitation said last week in an email that it had launched an investigation into Link's pregnancy. This is. Have you ever watched Orange is the New Black? Yeah, I've seen the first, I don't know, two seasons. Yeah. Uh, while there is no evidence of sexual battery against our inmate at this time, Does the circumstances, just like that? it just gives me uh, Orange is the New Black oh, gotcha. vibes. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Maybe she has a relationship with a guard and that showed right, she, right. Yeah, she had yeah, a relationship with the guard. Yeah, she got but she can't right. disclose that because they will get fired. Exactly. Or, so that's why they're like, that's one of, probably one of the things that they thought of here. Like, she might have gotten violated by someone. Or she could have been violated by a guard. Or a guard could have allowed a violation to happen between a male inmate. Because, like, they're claiming, I believe they claim later, we're going to read, that it was another male's inmate's jizz that got her pregnant. Just go there. All right. Uh, let's just let's just continue with this. So, uh-huh. <laughs> tell me more. <laughs> so tell they me did more. their investigation into her pregnancy. Was a jizz in a glove? Tell <laughs> me more. Tell me more. <laughs> It's so bad. <laughs> While there is no evidence of sexual battery against our inmate at this time, the circumstances surrounding the pregnancy are currently under active investigation, the spokesman said, adding that pregnant inmates receive timely and appropriate prenatal care. The department has repeatedly declined to provide any additional information. The Turner Guilford Knight Correctional Center in Miami. Oh. Monster said Link's murder charge arose from a situation a situation involving an abusive partner. She shared photos with NBC News that appeared to show Link with blood running down her shoulder from her head, which Montaner said was a result of her abuse of her client of her client had endured days before she fired a weapon in June 2022. So she could have been defending herself. She was like a real fear of his life, her life because. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, like this person has hurt her before, you know, for sure. And it was in self-defense. According to an arrest affidavit for Link, the man who was killed had a single gunshot wound to his right leg. Oh, if you hit an artery, if you hit an artery in the leg. Yeah, he could bleed out. Okay. The affidavit said that Link told investigators, I didn't mean to shoot him. I was just trying to scare him. And that seems like the way that's so crazy. Link said that she and the man had a verbal argument earlier and that he left the residence per the affidavit. The defendant explained that she armed herself with a firearm and awaited the victim's return. It says 
When the man came back, the two got into another argument, and the man allegedly said he would lock Link out of the house, Link told investigators. The man then began running to the residence when she subsequently shot him. Affidavit says. says. Yeah. Her attorney said Link was outside and fired a single shot in the dark out of fear. Oh, my God. So she was in fear of her life, Montar said. Anytime you're a victim and somebody has busted your head open on numerous occasions, the truth is that you're scared. Link is also charged with battery by a detainee on a visitor or other detainee in addition to the charge of the second-degree murder jail records show. An arrest affidavit for that charge describes a physical altercation in March between Link and another female inmate that did not result in any injuries. Barreto said she wants immediate answers from correction officials about how her sister became pregnant while in custody. Honestly, I'm outraged, she said. I have days that I can't even sleep. I'm thinking about my sister all night. See, the story doesn't even tell us about the glove thing. Right. What happened to that part? <clears throat> they had said they had speculated. Did I not put that the they whole had, story that I oh know. that they had speculated that they had passed this is what a, they were saying uh, a, like a glove or a condom filled with semen uh, through a vent. They even said who vent. the other inmate guy was. Oh, right, there they're was like, oh, it's this it. guy that they were like passing. There was like a news clip. I think that's what it was. It was a news clip we saw them. No, saying. but I had seen you sent me something, and I had seen they had even posted a picture of. Oh, maybe it was a TikTok. It was a TikTok, and then the story that I just had now had a news clip where they talk about the mom of the girls. Like, I don't believe the story that it was a glove through an air vent. Like, that's uh, unbelievable. Like, they're trying to paint. They're trying to make it seem like she got pregnant on purpose by setting it up. Yeah, like she asked a male inmate for his jizz through that. That's just it sounds very far fetched and difficult. Like, how would you pass that off through a vent? Like, because they were like one floor apart or supposedly i don't know it sounds super silly yeah. and but like that's easy to prove or dispute because like if you're trying to say this is the guy that's the father you can easily just do a dna test and see if it is right. and if it is maybe it wasn't through the vent thing maybe a guard let something happen yeah and now they're trying to cover, cover it up. up i don't know Stay tuned. That sounds crazy. It's pretty interesting. Or like say. that would be pretty crazy way to try to get out of jail. Because like poor thing is yeah. just waiting on a or trial. To, yeah. Or even to have people look at your case again to try to hurry it up. And then the news clip I saw, they, they like moved her to or to a different facility. like a different facility after this happened. Huh. Oh, that's wow. crazy yeah. oh, so florida so florida hey thank you guys for sticking around listening to us hanging out we have come to the interview portion of our show? show we are talking to mandy harlan today it was a very nice conversation we had with a florida marijuana mentor she was diagnosed with crohn's disease nine years ago found relief through cannabis when alcohol became unsuitable cannabis effectively manages her symptoms leading to complete remission without prescription medicines Eager to share her experiences, she guides others navigating the medical cannabis process. She talks about it a little bit in our interview, and she talks about how she brought it over to the community that her mom is a part of. 
very interesting. We hope you enjoy our interview with Mandy Harlan. Here it is. So thank you so much for uh, making it tonight. Um, tell us a little bit about being uh, your background and how you became a Florida marijuana mentor. Yeah. Uh, so I have been in the cannabis space professionally for about four years. Uh, prior to that, I actually hated cannabis. I was one of those people that really thought it was the devil's lettuce, as they like to say. And I wouldn't be around it if you consumed, like in high school, I thought it changed who you were. I wanted like nothing to do with the plant. And then I fast forward when I was 24, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease, which is basically uh, an autoimmune disease where you have inflammation of the GI tract. And I couldn't really drink alcohol anymore. And I was working in corporate events and I was just around production and more people that consumed and I got very comfortable with it. And so when it was offered to me and I couldn't drink, I thought, well, maybe this is a nice alternative. And I finally felt safe enough to try it. And I tried it and I enjoyed it. And then I realized over time, like it's actually doing something. It's not just helping me feel comfortable or relaxed in a social setting. I'm actually not nauseous when I smoke. I can eat and I have an appetite. I actually want food. Um, there was a lot of physical symptoms that it alleviated for me. And that made me want to learn about it. It's just the nature of who I am. And so I started reading about it and trying to understand it. And I was like, oh my God, this is so simple. This is so, this makes so much sense. And it fits with our body, like a lock and key. And it's very clear why it was made illegal. And if everyone just knew this, everyone would be accepting of it. Everyone, we would drop this stigma and this bias. And so that's why I started teaching and educating and advocating was to share the information that I had been learning. Um, and then over time that grew and I started to get involved with the dispensaries and do marketing and community outreach for them. Um, and so that's kind of where I've been for the last four years and also doing consultations with clients on the side to help recommend because there's a lot of knowledge out there and it takes a lot of fine tuning. So I help them fine tune their regimen. So really prior well, to getting, me, oh, sorry, go ahead, D. No, let me ask you this before it gets away from me. So you, you were convinced that weed was bad when you were younger. What, why did you think it was so bad? Did you have like a religious upbringing or like what were your, was your family strict or something? That's a really good question. I think I was just part of the Reagan era, like the say no to drugs. And I was there. that. Yeah, exactly. And I was that, I followed the rules. I was that girl that made sure I did everything. I was the goodest girl, <laughs> you know? And so- Goodest girl there is. <laughs> exactly. And and I mean, my parents would give me little glasses of wine. So they were by no means strict, but it was very black and white as to what was okay and what wasn't okay. And cannabis was in that, this is a really bad thing and it's not okay. So I didn't dare touch it. <laughs> What did your family say when you started advocating for, for cannabis? Well, funny enough, so my mom is part of my whole story. She was part of my little guinea pig, <laughs> I like to say, because when you start learning what the plant does and you start meeting people that it can really help, you can't help but suggest or recommend or just teach and say if you ever want it, it's an option on the table. And my mom couldn't sleep. 
And I was like, she would complain and she was taking all this medicine for it. And I was like, would you, I, I have something that will help you sleep. I was like, mm-hmm. will you please just smoke a joint with me at the end of the night? And I promise you will sleep like a baby. Um, and she smoked cigarettes. So she didn't, she had that association and didn't really want to do it. So I was like, what can I do that she can't say no to? And she has such a sweet tooth. So I was like, oh, I'll learn to make edibles for her. So I learned to make can of butter. And those really help with sleep. <laughs> oh my God. Knock you out. And so yeah, <laughs> she takes, she takes those now. And that was a huge part of my healing too. Cause I was like, if I am going to make them, of course I'm going to try them and the edible of course for gi upside is like i mean the smoking everything is a tool in the toolbox but the edible for gi upside is like massively helpful so it was really part of my yeah oh my god it's because it's going directly to to your gut exactly yep yep and you have those cb1 and cb2 receptors like in your stomach in your gut that's why it's so helpful they are concentrated in your brain and in your gut for the most part. So, yeah. So my mom was like on board. <laughs> Dad, it took a little while longer, but now they're both um, in it 100%. <laughs> yeah, it's hard yeah, not awesome. to like recognize, I mean, uh, recommend cannabis as a cure-all whenever you hear about different complaints that people make because everybody just associates cannabis with, oh, you just want to get high, you just want to relax, whatever. But when, like, like you said, you did your research and you learned so much about it. It's absolutely mind blowing about the ECS that it basically helps regulate like our whole system and keep us in mm-hmm. homeostasis. And it's like, oh my God, like you said, it makes sense. Makes sense why it helps these people with so many different things. It's just, it, it's like it was put here on our planet for that purpose or something. It's crazy. <laughs> it, I, it, I think it was. And it must be so validating to have your mom now being an advocate as well. I One thing I saw on your Instagram that I absolutely loved is that you guys created like a marijuana club at the villages, at a retirement community. Is that the community your mom's a part of? Yes. So they live in the villages, which is like you say community, but it's a city. It's yeah. like eighty-two thousand mm-hmm. residences. Like it's huge. M- multiple zip codes. It's huge. It, it takes like forty-five minutes to get from one end to the other, wow. and they have clubs for everything. I mean, like you name it, there's there's a club for it. And when I when she moved in, I was like, well, where's the cannabis club? Like there has to be one because the medical program at that point was at least a few years old. So I'm like, there's got to be a, a a club for educating, and there was nothing. And we applied. And so she's the technical administrator because she's the resident there. And then I help her with the administrative tasks because her health goes up and down um, as an 80-year-old does. So (laughs) I help her with kind of the admin of it, but I've also really helped with the programming of it. And it has been so insanely rewarding and just changing for me to help seniors unlearn and then relearn what cannabis is as a medicine and how it can help them so much. And then I've also learned so much from them about life on the other side. You know, it's it's really incredible to be hanging out with people anywhere from 60s to 90s that have lived a full life and to hear their lessons. And so, yeah, we get to do sessions as well as educational. And it's been healing, I think, for all of us. <laughs> Was there any pushback at all for you guys starting this club in that community, like in that, in that city? 
so we had is there dispensaries in that city like is it yeah yep yep well so kind of so it's it's technically within like ocala uh leesburg uh fruitland park like that those are the smaller cities that surround the villages the villages is actually privately owned it's wild by like two families within the villages there are no dispensaries because every single business has to be approved by that family Mm -hmm. uh there's been rumors that I can't speak to because I have no idea the validity of them, but apparently there is a big partnership happening with the villages and a dispensary that has owned a license for a long time in Florida, um, but hasn't physically come yet. So I don't know who knows that could or could not happen, but they all exist around it really. Um, And all the big ones are right there. So, I mean, they're within five minutes of these residents. So they're very accessible. Yeah. Yeah, because that's something it would need to be because when you're elderly, you're not always able to drive and like, so, and and it's crazy that they had nothing before because they're probably the elderly are the community that can benefit the most from it, from cannabis. And we see a growing number of older people now starting to use cannabis more. Oh, it's huge. Yeah. And the, I mean, they didn't, it's funny because they'll look at us a little sideways (laughs) You know, when we come to these, you know, the parade, for example, we did the holiday parade and we had to be entered in a lotto to actually participate. And I was vague. I mean, I put the name of the club and we had to describe our float and it was a, a Star Trek um like Millennium super... Falcon. Yes, thank you. It was the Millennium uh, Falcon with the jet <laughs> big joints, right? Yes, yes, yeah, I, I saw, saw it. It's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> the thrusters were joints, but I left that part out. I just said, we're going to have a Star Trek float. We're going to have a banner, you know, but we're the medical marijuana club. So you've got to, but they were like, you're an official club. I'm like, oh, yeah. wait, it was the Enterprise, not the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> if you said Star Trek, I just realized I don't want the nerds getting us, getting upsetting the nerd community. Or I'm part of your people. My husband's one of your people. I just, she says Star Trek. I thought it was Millennium. I wasn't sure. Is it the million? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you're right. I think your second. I think the second one was right. The Enterprise. <laughs> yes. The Enterprise. Yeah, that's Star Trek. That's Star yeah. Trek. Yeah. Doctor Future would be pissed if we got that mixed yeah, up with yeah, the Millennium yeah. Falcon, our producer for our yeah. show. <laughs> that's a big deal. That's a very big deal, especially when there's joints as the thrusters. You know. Yeah. We have to cool. be able to picture this. No, we definitely got to share that picture when we post about this episode so our people can see sure. it. Because I thought it was hilarious. How did people react to your float in the... And how did everybody react? Did, did you get a good? Were people shocked? It was wild. So first, we were in the last spot. We were literally the caboose of the parade. The best and we were like, we're like, did they do that on purpose? Like, are they hoping everybody left already? You know? And then someone didn't show up and they moved us to spot 23. So then we were like smack in the middle and it was so funny. We're holding the banner and we're carrying the float and you would just watch people's faces and they would see the float and then they'd see the joints and then they would look for like confirmation and then they would roll down to the banner and they would see that we were the marijuana club. And then you would just see like, <laughs> like, like people like just erupted. It was 
I have never experienced anything like that. People were, they're, they're probably waiting for you to throw joints at them or something. Everybody like wanted samples. Candy. Yeah, they're like, you got samples? You're giving samples now? Everyone was like, where are the samples? And I mean, How you funny. just saw, they wear, um, the veterans are very proud. They all wear their hats. They all wear their t-shirts. And I mean, every veteran that saw us go by was like, the validation, like yeah. the the ability to be honest that this is my medicine and it's in the parade so it must be okay <laughs> you know like it was unreal yeah <laughs> you know what though and i think it's like just community man i feel like I, this has happened to me recently where like uh i started a new job and so like i immediately pick up the vibes and we start and like i catch up on the you know everybody throws a little something out there for you to bite on and then it's so exciting to to be like, yeah, me too, yeah, me too, yeah, all of us. <laughs> it was so, I mean, and it was also the people that have been smoking since like the 60s and 70s yeah. who have had to hide, hide it for so long. And then to see yeah. us marching in the parade, it was like, well, fuck this shit. It's, I don't care then, you know, like, I, everyone. They pull out a joint right there and just light up. <laughs> Oh, it's that kind of party. Okay. <laughs> it was, uh, it was That's the awesome. most, and this is what I do. I mean, for me, cannabis is so normal. Like I don't even, I don't even think about it in that way anymore. When I first started in the industry, I kind of knew, you know, you're a rebel with a cause. You're, you're definitely speaking up for it, but I've done it for so long that in a large group like that, it just didn't even occur to me. And, and the funniest part was, is when we moved our float from parking space 50 <laughs> to the, to the new spot, it was everybody in the parade. You just heard this like buzz, <laughs> chatter, and then people coming up and taking pictures. And like, I was like, oh shit, that's right. Oh my God. Okay. This is a big deal. And I think that's what made it so cool is like, you just didn't expect it. You're just doing your thing. You know, you're just fighting the fight and, and moving along. And it was top, I would say top 10 experience in my life, for sure. One of my favorite cannabis experiences, hands down. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. I mean, just having a float, a weed related float, <laughs> like that's it. That's you had me at weed related float. Okay. <laughs> It was really, really special. And it's, it's really incredible hearing those senior stories. Um, they've shared really incredible things. There's a lot of retired military. Um, you know, there's one who he was actually in the Vietnam War. And his buddy smoked. They smoked weed while they were there. It wasn't something that he did, but it was just a, he just chose not to. And then actually two of his uh, friends that had smoked died in in the war and he blamed cannabis for their deaths because he just didn't he didn't know and and all the propaganda around it could easily lead you to believe that yeah and so he had a massive healing journey with cannabis his wife always consumed and he was okay with it but then he started to have knee issues and chronic pain and he was open enough to try it. And now he's in a place where he can say, I absolutely know that cannabis did not cause their deaths. I, I incorrectly linked that together. And now, I mean, he had a knee replacement and walked the parade with me. <laughs> and I'm like, you're doing better than me. And he's like 75. <laughs> and, and he uses uh, the nano drops from Sertera. 
in his water. So he just microdoses all day and it keeps his pain super low. So it's, it's just, you get direct contact with that patient that's getting those incredible results that have suffered for so long. And it's so rewarding to see them feel good again from a plant yeah. and not use their opiates, yeah. not use, you know, all these other medications. They've yeah. been their entire life. Well, we've not, we've talked to uh, veterans who uh, got off a lot of opiates because they were overprescribed and then they got addicted and it was just really inspiring story, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It really is. It's been I a I met a lot of times veterans. Yeah. And a lot of times they, uh, they help each other out, you know, they look out for each other because they all know what it's like. So I feel like that's kind of how you build your community. That's why we kind of did the mom thing because we were like, well, you know, we smoke weed and we're moms. Surely there are other moms out there who do the same and feel that they, you know, really enjoy the plant. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, here we are. There's so many of us. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's so nice to have that support and to learn from each other and to be able to lean on each other and just share even like with this community because they're retired, funds can be tight. And so... They can't run around to every dispensary buying products that don't work. So now they get to share with each other. Hey, this is what I'm using. This is what I'm consuming. This is what's working for me. And even to have that dialogue with each other is really helpful because like I said, they're used to locking themselves in a closet and being alone and having no one to talk to about this. So to actually have a community where it's a normal conversation, no question is not allowed and everybody is open and vulnerable and sharing it's you make lifelong friends as well as medical support like it kind of reaches so many different angles of of community it really ends up being a beautiful thing so you want you to get a, uh, sorry D, I was gonna say <laughs> you should get a, a marijuana club going at your mom at um Century Village. Oh, Century Village. Right. Yeah, right. Are you guys yeah, down south? Mom? Are you in Pembroke Pines? I, yeah, my, my uh, yeah, abuelita yeah. lives there and her mom lives there. How crazy would that be? I'd I see that maybe, right. maybe if my abuelita joined that club, if she knew somebody in that club and she was in that club, maybe then I would actually tell her I smoke cannabis. I feel like that's the only person in my family that doesn't know. Basically, everybody else knows. Abuelita is a tough audience. Yeah. yeah. I grew up in Miami. I know. I, I have other I'm like, oh. yeah, it's different. it's different. And my mom is different. Like, she's old school, and um, she's very brainwashed by the propaganda. And uh, she's acts like she's open minded. Uh, because I kept the, I kept the podcast away from her for a while. But then I opened up to her about it. She was not too happy about it. Uh, and then, like, I tried to get her to do the gummies, like you, you know. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. come on. She got to do the gummies. And even then, she was still kind of like, you know, they wrestle a lot. Back and forth with, like, the guilt from, oh, this is bad. Oh. And then, you know. So I'm, I'm not trying to convince her. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it also, it's like. When when it's meant to be too, you know. Sometimes you don't want to force it and no. kind of let them let they it settle in a little bit. Yeah, They're on their so, own, own journey. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that shame is real. I know, one day maybe. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it, for sure. It and is. it's a battle, you know. And you gotta kind of give them the space because 
it's a lot of undoing, you know, that you have to do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. A lot, a lot. I worked with uh, one of my uh, clients was a pastor in, I want to say Kentucky. And just, he wanted to use cannabis to help him open his mind, to connect with God, to be creative, to write. And he's like, I can't. Every time I, I consume, I feel anxious. And I'm like, okay, well, tell me, how are you consuming? Tell me, set it up for me. How is this happening? He's like, I run to the shed. <laughs> I grab the bong from behind the thing. I take a quick hit. And then I, I, I like run inside. And I'm like, he's, I mean, he was hiding it all. Yeah. And I'm like, well, of, of course you're feeling anxiety. Of course you're feeling like it's not opening you. It's not a miracle. I mean, it is, but it's not. You, you got to work with it. Um, and Because he's going into it afraid and like exactly. trying to be secretive and like hiding yep. and quick rush you know you, yep. it's all about your mindset and your intention when you're going into and the ritual and exactly yep so if she's not ready don't force her because it probably right. won't be a great experience and when they are if they ever are that's just they're there to help if it was the pastor able to consume you know properly and and connect because i feel like cannabis is really good to help you spiritually as well we, I got him there a little bit. I was like, set it up, light a candle, give yourself, you know, 20 minutes, maybe start journaling before you consume, like get yourself in a regulated space and then consume and just start with, you know, one or two little hits that don't, don't think it has to be this overwhelming amount to get that big effect. Sometimes it's just a little bit if that creativity is on that edge anyway, and all you have to do is relax to really let it go. Yeah. Um, and he did, he said it helped. He said that it helped. Um, kids play a big part in it too. He had kids, you know, where he's running from a 16 year old that he's like trying to tell her not to do something that he's going to do. So that, yeah. that played a part too. So I think he was able to let most of it go, but I think with the kids in the house, I don't think he's able to let It's really it interesting go. to me that he was trying to do that though. I wonder where he Yeah, got right? which was nice I'll welcome and you also <laughs> just one and when you're somebody that doesn't smoke or consume ever just one two hits is more than enough and it should be like low dose not yeah. like heavy stuff because low and slow because exactly. that if it's too much they could easily go back to go to quick anxiety that's where the that could really trigger that too my mom took like a full 25 milligram gummy Oh no! But it was Delta Eight that she got at okay. some store with a friend, and she was like, "Oh, it's not working." So I think she ate another one, and oh. then she totally panicked. Like she had a complete mm. and total awful experience. And I'm like, "What were you thinking, eating that much?" Like, <laughs> I have to educate about. That. I always compare cannabis to liquor because it's what people know. Yeah. So people are like, "I did an edible, and oh my god, I." I was horrible. I will never do it again. And I'm like, you basically just told me you drank a bottle of tequila for your first time and you're never going to drink ever again. Like you, because drinking is socially acceptable, people take the time to learn what it is that works for them. With cannabis, you're just, a, people are afraid of it to begin with. So if something goes wrong, it's their excuse to say, I'm never touching it again. And it's like, well, no, you just have to work with it. You don't, you didn't understand exactly how to approach it. That doesn't mean that it is bad. 
Plus, yeah. there's so many different, and now you have so, you know what you're smoking, you know what you're consuming, everything is kind of like uh, labeled. I mean, yeah. it's, it's technically, practically labeled. Um, I was going to ask you too, you've worked in a couple of different dispensaries, right? You said? I did. Yeah, yeah. All so right. I, I worked with, um, I worked with, one plant was the original. Oh, um, they had some good flower. Good flower, yeah, really good sure flower. <laughs> and then I got hired by them uh, a few months before they got acquired by Sunnyside. Mm -hmm. So then uh, I worked for Sunnyside for about a year. And then when um, the guys that used to own one plant opened Sunburn, I left Sunnyside to go join them again at Sunburn. And then I actually got let go from sunburn uh last year last summer uh marketing is usually an outreach is usually the first department to get cut <laughs> um sadly they see it's like the arts programs at school literally literally yeah, literally much. yep yeah. um there's other things that can prove numbers a bit more precisely than marketing or educating can yeah um and at that time, I really had to evaluate how do I want to be in the cannabis space? Because I learned the dispensaries. It's, I thought I could be a part of something bigger. And, and it is. The accessibility here in Florida is a big deal. We, you don't have this type of accessibility in other places. And I'm really grateful for that. But working within the dispensary, I didn't have the impact that I thought that I was gonna have. And it was a lot more about the numbers and it was a lot about the numbers. <laughs> um, and yes, the care for the patient was somewhat there, but really not as much as I wanted. And that was my passion was interacting directly with the patients. So I really stepped away from the industry for a while. And the only thing I kept was the medical cannabis club in the villages because they were my most direct connection. They were, it was me working with individual patients in a group community setting. Yeah. And, and, and they're seeking it out, yeah. right? Like they're like, yeah, yeah. that's amazing. And it, it filled my heart. It, it, every time I would go, it reminded me why I was doing this in the first place as I was buried under 300 emails in my inbox, you know? And so I kept that and I really just dedicated my passion for cannabis to that. And it's, it's given, like I said, it's given it to me back tenfold. We've had this club for since before COVID, so like three years now. But it's really this year that because I was able to focus on it more and it wasn't just something that I did. It was something that like, you know, there was a recognition that my heart is here too. We've just, it's just grown and everybody feels it. And it's just been that much more wonderful <laughs> over the last year and so i'm happy with my choice of making that my cannabis focus <laughs> yeah for sure you pro personally growing you know you're also uh there's another side you're exploring another side of cannabis yeah. also uh, cannabis companies change a lot too fast too often there's no stability i'm sorry mm -mm. it's just an it, it's an it, it's it's like a revolving door yeah. at a lot of the dispensaries 
it's hard to take them any of them seriously because you end up having a lot of the same experiences yep. just in different ways with yep. these people. Yep. So I totally understand everything you're saying. I want to know, you've had a lot of experience with different buds from different local dispensaries. I want to hear you. What are your favorites? What are your, do you recommend any place? Yeah, like, yeah. What, what do you like? Yeah. Um, I, I do like Sunburn. I, I stand behind their flower. I think Sunburn. Oh, we've never been there. I'd like not to go close. there. There's uh, one in Fort Lauderdale, right? Mm -hmm. that's yeah no sunburn is fantastic i think their flower is really good um their edibles are great sarah um is their chef and she's incredible she's been there since one plant days we kind of went along with each other <laughs> along the trail um jungle boys i love I love their. I'm a flower girl. Yeah, there you go. We are flower girls. Us too. Us too. All day. We love Jungle day. Boys this too. Yeah, Jungle Boys. We're gonna is have great. to make a trip up to Fort Lauderdale to try Sunburn because we have. Yeah, they're good. I think they're worth it. Um, move. I like their RSO gummies, just as little poppers. You know, just easy to grab, um, and they have good one-to-one -one gummies. I like. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I would say uh, flowery. I'm always on the fence about. I it's, that one's a hard one for me because flowery and one plant always had this like little rivalry going on. So like, so that yeah, was some, hard for me. Some of the one plant <laughs> growers went over there, right? A lot. Growers. Yeah, the yeah. grower went over there. Yeah. Like the, yep. So their flower is good. I would say their flower is is definitely one to try. It's not. There's some dispensaries that are super medicinal, personally, like Cetera, Cure Leaf, um, even Fluent kind of rides that line, even though Fluent just got Freedom Town, well, not didn't just get, but now they have Freedom Town as their grower, and ever since- Honestly, yeah, whenever I yeah. went to Fluent, yeah. that's what I stuck to. Yep. There was that's their FTH, their yep. FTH products was the ones I, any, I, anytime I went outside of that, I usually was- yep. So I would always go back. I'm just yeah. gonna stick to FTH when I come here. Exactly. <laughs> oh my God. There's this one strain. God. Oh, Jupiter. Something Jupiter. Ghost Jupiter. Ghost Jupiter. Yeah, that was the one. Man, one it was. <laughs> oh my. It was like that one strain you find, you try, it's so good, and then you can never find it again. That's like, <laughs> it never comes back. <laughs> oh, maddening. Every that time I from... see them post on Instagram, I'm like, can you guys bring Ghost Jupiter or Ghost Jupiter <laughs> back, please? <laughs> it so is good. when you find that one and you're like, God, why can't, unless it comes from that same exact place. It, it's, it's a product of nature. You hope you can get it right. close again, but it's just, I don't know. And I'm sure it has something to do with our bodies too and, and the experience of, but there's just some where you're like, oh my God, I just want to duplicate that over and over and over again, please. Yeah, for real. And it's so different too. It's it's amazing to have all the variety and that you can actually pinpoint certain terpenes that you prefer over the others and uh, we would we were trying a lot at first because you know when we started the podcast we were like well we have to become medical patients because what's the point we have to have access to all these you know yeah uh, so and we, just to protect so we ourselves did. as well because now right, we're going public right. with our cannabis consumption and right. we were like just to be safe gotta be legit patients right. you know. <laughs> Right. So nobody comes yeah, at not us. To say, exactly. Not to say that there aren't some spectacular products on the legacy market, I must mm -hmm. say. I can never. Amen. And the, and hey, 
you know, we always bring it back to these guys that are in the uh, legal game, they had to start somewhere, and it hasn't been oh, yeah. that long, so you know they started oh. illegally. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For so, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, All the good ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All the ones that you want growing your weed started in legacy. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So. No, it's very true. I, In my entire time in the cannabis industry, I always bought from the dispensaries because like you, I want to know what's out there. I am directing people and advocating and I, it's important for me to know and consume that. But I also always still purchase within the legacy market. It, it was 50-50 for me. I never left one for the other. Um, the dispensaries fight that. That's actually a really, in Miami especially, uh, the legacy market is so strong in Miami that a lot of dispensaries have chosen to just not even really try. <laughs> because there's no point. Well, but, now yeah. if recreational passes, it, it's going to be on the 2024 ballot. Mm -hmm. And it might, is if it's on the ballot, it's going to pass. It'll pass. Yeah, I agree. I, I definitely think it will get it 60% that it needs. So they it's going to change so. the market completely. All of a sudden, you know, the more people could get mentoring because more people are going to have availability the because they don't have to go through the process to become a patient now to buy the dispensaries. Exactly. So, and it's going to be even more overwhelming. So the state right now, I think there's 22 licenses issued and there's actually like 14 or 16 operating. Mm -hmm. And it was in the, you know, rules that a certain number of patients as they exponentially grew new licenses would be issued to additional dispensaries and they didn't so they actually have 22 more licenses that they're reviewing applications for right now so the florida market i mean we're already so saturated the florida market's about to have 22 more licenses and when they go wreck the other licenses that are active but really aren't being used, like you don't see retail spaces yet, like they haven't actually started to grow here yet because they're all waiting for us to go wreck. Mm -hmm. So when we go wreck, it's holy crap. Talk about options and dispensaries everywhere. You think they're, it's a game changer for sure. I know, but you know, that's also, it will be very interesting. Also uh, a little nerve wracking just because like, like you said, it's so saturated. We saw like prices dip and it get very competitive with amongst the dispensaries here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's like, what's, you know, who's going to be the ones to stand the, stand the longest because yeah. eventually their people are going to start falling. Companies are going to start falling off the bandwagon. Yep. It's going to be a ride for a minute. Like you were yeah. saying how it's like so dynamic. It's gonna be a fucking ride for a minute, hey, but it has to. Like, we're out. gonna need options. You're gonna mm -hmm. go from a customer base of like what? There's not even a million patients, you know, to all the no, sudden eight hundred and something. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like there's eight hundred thousand people now to twenty two million now <laughs> to possibly twenty two million people. You know, like at least half of that. At least half of that twenty two million for is sure. gonna be like weeds legal and all the tourists. <laughs> That's tourists. Lot of, people come yeah. in Florida. Think Just, about it. Yeah. That's a lot of the dispensaries are already setting themselves tourism. up. Yeah. And they're they're putting like that's one of the reasons Sunburn MedMen, they purchased the MedMen license. And that's why it was attractive to them, was because MedMen had put themselves in very touristy spots. 
And they were assuming we were going to go rec sooner than we were. And they were not able to survive in those locations by patients alone. But if they, if Sunburn timed it right, if rec does go while they own it, I mean, they're on I, I drive and like in Miami. Mallory Square. Yeah. So yeah, cookies on, on Ocean Drive and they put those there waiting for rec and waiting for tourist rec. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but some of these like California brands are a little pricey for what they're selling. And like, um, I will pay Jungle Boy prices and they have specials, but they like the flowery is a little hard too because the flowery is local, but they're acting like they're from California. Prices are very, very high. Like I yeah. get that I their, the their flowery, quality is great. I just buy whatever's forty dollars or less an eighth. I don't go for the fifty or sixty dollar eighths because that's just my budget right now. So that's like yeah. So, but there's you know even the the forty dollar eighths that I can get there sometimes thirty five. They're good quality, mm-hmm. and I don't need to buy the fifty sixty. There's some that are sixty dollars. Yeah, no. and you drop the 60 because you're like, oh, well, this must be good. And then it's like your homeboy that serves you regularly <laughs> is <laughs> giving you better shit. Yeah. It's giving, yes. Yeah. Just, yeah. And it's there's a certain well point where you, yeah, there's a certain point where you'll pay. Uh, you know, like there's, a, there's like this line where you'll pay it. But once you cross it, you know, where like meaning like, I'll pay $50 for an eighth if it's really good. And there's some that are worth it. But for the most part, they're all going to fall pretty much in the same category. And you could probably get it for that 35 bucks an eighth and be just as good. Maybe a point or two below that $50 eighth. Not, you know. And yeah. the thing is that an eighth is nothing. Agreed. More than an eighth, you know. So I need to buy a few eighths because I like right. variety. <laughs> You know? An eighth is an eighth, no matter what it is, it's an eighth. <laughs> yeah, I need to buy like an eighth of this, an eighth of that, and at least three different options, you know, so I have a variety of strains. I like to try different ones, you know. So, like, yeah, it gets expensive when they're $50 each. You're talking about $150 yeah. for three, you know, for yeah. Three and it's like okay and dude it's like you it's like when you go to a restaurant and you're like okay this is a pretty pricey fancy restaurant <laughs> and then you eat the food and it's mediocre and you're like i cannot believe i just spent that money on something i could have made better in my house that's, that's a very good I comparison when, when i spend so much money on 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 bud that looks laughable like at times yeah yep. no that's you a know? really good comparison it's like you appreciate going out and being able to get it, and it tastes okay, but you're also like, I don't need to spend $25 on this. This is, yeah, no, that's, yeah, true. Well, thank you for having me. I had a lot of thank fun. Thank you it so much, like hanging out. Yeah, that's the idea. Yeah. And that was our interview with Mandy Harlan. Please check her out at floridamarijuanamentor.com, or you could find her on Instagram at flmarijuanamentor. Yes, that was a really fun uh, interview and that whole story with her mom at the villages and doing that parade. parade. That was so cool. Hey, thank you guys for listening to us. Uh, Thank you, patrons, for uh, being there for us. We enjoy you. We appreciate you. Uh, Yanni. Destiny. Lauren. Christy. Denise. Peaches. Meredith. Natalie. Angelina. Jenny. Catherine. Jay. Jesse. Diane. Gabby. And and Leslie. Leslie. 
Thank you, you guys. guys. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone else that also made it to the end of the show. And we will see you uh, the week after next. Our patrons, yes. you'll see the pre-show session next week. If you want to see the next show uh, next week, become <laughs> a patron for early access to episodes, additional content, and all kinds of fun stuff, including Discord smoke sessions. Yeah, or you get together and watch Sovereign, too. You know? Movie <laughs> night. Love you guys. See you next time. Peace. Bye.